I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. It's a good Friday for a Scoop Podcast. This is Scoop Podcast episode 343. It's a Friday night. I should be feeling all right. I actually feel fine. Continue to test negative for COVID. Our boys continue to test negative for COVID. The wife, after about a six-day super-duper tough battle, she's finally recovering. Like, I don't want to overstate it. It's still beating her up pretty good. She doesn't have her sense of taste back yet. But thankfully, my wife is is at least doing a ton better today, Friday, April 2nd, than she has for multiple days. She's still relegated to the basement. We scream at each other every every now and then. We continue to have some dialogue. But, yeah, I look forward to her coming up the steps, getting back into our bed at some point here in the very near future. Me being stuck in the house, it looks like I'll be able to get out of the house. We went again, yet another COVID test earlier today. We should get those results back here pretty quick, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. I'm hoping to be out of the house early next week, hoping to be back in the office as soon as next Tuesday. A couple quick notes. Then we will get to a few conversations I've had. Heck, I have a lot of time on my hands sitting here at home. So I've done a bunch of Zoom interviews the last few days. So we'll get to those after a few quick notes. Race Thompson, Robbinsdale Armstrong graduate, Indiana, Big Ten experience. Good player for the Indiana Hoosiers, Archie Miller and the Hoosiers. He is in the transfer portal. He will have a Zoom conversation with new Gophers coach Ben Johnson on Monday. Today, Friday, a very busy day. Ben Johnson. He picked up two graduate transfers. We'll get to my conversation with Lafayette transfer EJ Stevens, all Patriot League, averaged 16 points a game this past year, 45% shooting from the field, 90% from the free throw line. We'll get to my conversation, actually multiple conversations with Stevens in just a bit. Ben also picked up a commitment from William and Mary grad transfer Luke Lowe. I look forward to connecting with Luke. So we swapped messages. He was in a U-Haul driving from Virginia back to his parents' house in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin kid. I'll connect with him at some point over the weekend. I can save that conversation for a future Scoop podcast. He was an all-league player. The conference, CAA, Luke Lowe. So Ben Johnson in the last week gets Jamison Battle, gets Luke Lowe, gets EJ Stevens, Gabe Kausher is now in the transfer portal. Let me make this clear. There absolutely is a path that results in Gabe remaining a gopher. Gabe and Ben Johnson are incredibly close. They have that D-LaSalle bond. This is something Gabe was weighing long before Ben Johnson was hired. I'll just say this. Being a hometown guy, having the extra spotlight on you, and just not playing maybe up to your full potential and hearing it from fans, especially on social media, but some in the media. And maybe he shouldn't be listening to those folks, but him, those close to him, have heard a lot of that chatter the last year. And it has gotten to them. I think people conveniently forget when Gabe was a freshman, think about that NCAA tournament game, the game in Iowa, where he single-handedly beat Louisville. Like without Gabe Kausher, Richard Pitino doesn't have an NCAA tournament win on his resume. Gabe Kausher was brilliant 
that game. He's been brilliant so many other games. He is their best perimeter defender. But I'm not quite sure Gophers fans love Gabe the way he feels like he should be loved. Yeah, the shooting numbers were down this past year, but he brings so much to the table. Even when the shot's not going, he makes an impact on defense. He's a really good passer, but I think a lot of that got lost in the shuffle. Marcus Carr, because Marcus is an elite scorer, Marcus was always put on this big pedestal, yet we, and I'm guilty of this, rarely if ever talked about how Marcus is a sieve on defense. Marcus Carr was a negative defensive player, yet we never talk about that, yet we harp on Gabe not making shots. But bottom line, there is a path where Gabe, even though he's weighing his options, there is a path where Gabe ends up back on the Gophers. Ben Johnson is working him hard. There's some other transfers that Ben is working on. There's a guard from Texas Tech that is a really good player. There's a big man from Creighton, last name Bishop, multiple-year starter at Creighton in Omaha. Really good player. Like, he has a ton of options. The kid from Texas Tech has a ton of options. But Ben is working those kids. Ben is also interested. He's talked to a kid from North Carolina, a transfer, last name Manley. For more names, go to my Twitter, shameless plug, my Twitter, KSTP at KSTP. I have a bunch of names that Ben Johnson has reached out to in the last few days. Quickly on the Vikings, Rick Spielman bypassed being at Gophers Pro Day. I'm trying to remember the last time Rick Spielman was not at Gophers Pro Day, but he wasn't at Gophers Pro Day this week. The Packers GM was. The Tennessee Titans GM was. I can promise you those two teams have interest in Gophers wide receiver Rashad Bateman, who we'll get to here in just a second. But Rick Spielman today was at Oregon's Pro Day. So Rick Spielman was in Eugene, Oregon earlier today. All right, let's now get to a bunch of interviews on this Friday Night Scoop podcast episode 343. Let me start with my conversation from Thursday with Wolves Pobo, Wolves President of Basketball Operations, Gerson Rosas. Gerson, did you learn anything about your team last night? I mean, just specifically that game. You guys were down, what was it, 13 about eight and a half minutes to go. I think the win percentage for New York at that particular moment was close to 96%. Like, to me, that's a game you guys lose way, way, and the league does, way, way, way more often than not. Like, to me, I actually learned a little bit about your group last night. Yeah, not from the uh, unfortunate side as we continue to have slow starts, but on the positive side, uh, you know, there's a, there's a resiliency there that we're building. And... To me, that's a big part of who we have to be, Doogie. Like at this stage in a pandemic with no practices, um, you know, new coach, new system offensively, defensively, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. It's going to come down to are we willing to commit together, grow as a team and fight every possession until things come together like last night. I, you know, I was most proudest of our ability to just fight, compete there in the last minute and a half, two minutes to hold the lead and win the game and that we did it defensively with rebounds, with stops, getting loose balls, fighting until the very end uh, is, is very encouraging because at the end of the day, you need those characteristics to be a good team in this league. And whether it's grit, whether it's resiliency, whether it's competitiveness, we need more of that. And, uh, you know, they're a team that plays hard. They play physical. They play aggressive. And we were able to fight back. We took punches. We stayed in it. Well, we got back. Uh, in the game. And when it's your young guys that are taking big steps forward, 
uh, it's, it's really encouraging. On those young guys, I mean, you touched on it with, with limited or no practice time. Like, and I even think about no summer league going way back, right? Limited yep. preseason, goofy training camp. Like, for your young guys to be doing what they're doing, like, I don't know if we can overstate just how, how impressive that is. No, I, I appreciate you uh, noticing it, but it's, you know, they deserve a lot of credit because they're in a, they're in a different NBA, Doogie, and we talk to them about it all the time. Like, this is not, once we can get back to some sort of normal, this is not how it is. You know, there's practice time, there's individual work time, there's player development time, there's an off-season workout period uh, that better equips you for the season, uh, but we're not there yet. And their commitment to doing the things that we've asked them to do, their commitment to how we tell them to play. And to be fair, I think that's a lot of our early game struggles is that they're starting to understand the system. They're starting to understand game planning. They're starting to understand how it comes together. And it usually takes us till we get to the second or third quarter where they understand the adjustments and that and they can play to their strengths better. But we've got guys in, you know, whether it's it's Anthony or, or Jaden, uh, Jalen, Nas, uh, guys that are really fighting, competing, and want to figure this thing out. And it helps that you have a guy in Cat and now Beasley uh, where you can work through them as they figure things out. And then they pick their stretches. I mean, what Jaden has done defensively has been incredible. Uh, what Ant does in terms of finishing games as a 19-year-old kid who, you know, is just scratching the surface gives us a lot of hope. Uh, but the thing that I strive for, the thing that I know Coach Finch strives for is just consistency. What are the things we can do offensively, defensively by our group that we can go to day in and day out? And that's what we're trying to build. I'll hit you on, on a little bit more on, on McDaniels and Edwards, but just overall, like how, how excited are you for, for the future where, where Chris will have a full training camp and then off season to, to really implement, you know, the defensive and offensive changes that who knows, maybe you guys end up with a top three pick that you can add a piece that way that, that with what, at least maybe the mid-level to, to bring in a free agent that you can add to the roster that way. And just the growth from these guys. And, and you mentioned it. I mean, hopefully come, you know, July, August, September, there's more semblance of, of a normal offseason where you can have these guys in here on a regular basis. I would just imagine just all-encompassing all of that, Gerson, has to excite you for next year. Absolutely, Doogie. And those are major, major components to not only team building, but team development um, and, and hitting them from different perspectives. You know, in terms of Coach Finch, like, uh, I, I really believe we're only seeing – you know, um, there's always the 80-20 the principle, but we're only seeing 20% of what we're going to be able to do next year. And part of that is there's no training camp, there's no foundation. Uh, but we made the decision to start this process now to get through some of these growing pains and learning curves and to have a better offseason and to have a better training camp next year where we can see the return on that change sooner rather than later. Uh, but you're right. Like, I think, you know, uh, what lies ahead in the future from a systematic perspective is much further advanced than what we're seeing now. And it's just the reality of the ability to implement those programs as best as we can. I think we're, this season is about simplifying and competing uh, on both ends and getting the most out of that. But when you talk about our young guys taking another step forward, uh, what this summer will mean for them, what these last 25, 24 games will mean are incredible for us. This is a springboard into our future and having Beasley back, having D'Lo back here soon. Uh, we're going to get a sense of what we have here and how we can build that out 
and what we're going to need around these guys to make sure that we can continue to build this program out. But it's it's part of the um, the development of the program. And whether that's in the draft or whether that's trade or whether that's free agency, we've added uh, talent to the base of this program. Uh, we're, we're seeing the development of that, you know, to see Cat being uh, maximized as much as he is, to see Beasley having the year that he's having, uh, and, and to see D'Lo back with this group. It's exciting. Like, you know, a couple of our guys told me the other day, um, D'Lo hasn't played with this Anthony. He hasn't played with this Jaden McDaniels. And that's exciting. You know, we're going to have some learning curves and some rough stretches when we put everything together, similar to when we added Beasley here over the last week. Uh, but those are good challenges. You know, I, we rather have as much talent as we can and, and, and figure it out collectively. Uh, you know, as, as an organization, as a program, we want those guys to spend as much time together on the floor and to build chemistry, to build rhythm, to build an identity together. How close is D'Lo? Like, is is next week realistic that, that he'll be back, you know, in – I know he's doing some five-on-five five right now, right? I, I don't know how yeah. much he did today in practice, but, like, game action, is it realistic to think we'll see him next week? Uh, you know, I, I think that timeline that we originally had had addressed, I think it's, it's, it's going to be pretty close to that. But he is doing five-on-five. Five. He's had good practices. He's had uh, progressive exercises the whole time. So – we're moving forward, and I do think it'll be, you know, within that timeline, within that time period. But we're we're getting close and uh, getting him on the floor, getting him with our guys. That's that's a big part of, of the next steps of this program. How do you foresee the the chemistry, the the synergy between him and Ant? Because that to me, that's going to be as fascinating as as anything. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's why we want it as as much as we can get it because the reality and the development of uh, how all those pieces come together. I mean, having a guy like uh, like Carl uh, to connect those dots and his versatility, his skill set, his unselfishness, it allows things to work. But we've got to figure out D'Lo and Ann and Bees and Jaden and all our other guys. I think we want talent, we want depth, uh, but we have to come together as a team. And this is what the rest of the season is all about. I look at the March numbers for Anthony what, 24 and a half points a game, a bunch of rebounds, like five, five and a half, a couple assists, nearly two steals a game. Like you just, that's got to put a smile on your face, right? Yeah, no. And you know, it's Doogie, when we made the decision uh, during the draft, uh, we were going for the guy that we believe had the most talent and the most upside. You're talking about a young guy uh, who this is his second sport, uh, who has unbelievable physical talents. Uh, but he's new in the game, uh, let alone a guy who should be in college this year. And it it doesn't change the fact that you don't, you know, you don't, the reality of it is you want to get the best player, period. It's not the first month. It's not the first six months. It's not the first nine months. It's not the first year. Uh, and when you put that into perspective with Anthony and not only his talent, his physical tools, but how he's understanding this game and how he's growing and his development over this year to what you referenced earlier with no development or no guidance uh, from the off season is something that's very encouraging. And uh, Coach Finch deserves a lot of credit. Uh, during his time here with Anthony, he's challenged Anthony and he's put him in a position where he's got to earn those opportunities. He's going to grow and he's going to learn and, and make the most of his talent and put him in a position to be successful. But that's a two-way street. You know, that's us doing all we can to make sure that there's a system in place for him. 
and that's him doing all his part to make sure that he does the things that he needs to do. But uh, the sky's the limit for that guy, Doogie, and he he hasn't even scratched the surface. Like he's playing off natural ability and talent that over time uh, will develop into a strong skill set and a good feel. But he's got a good heart. He works his tail off. Uh, he's he he wants to be great here. He wants to do great things for this organization. And we're going to do everything possible to make that happen. On the good feel, is a lot of that just shot selection that, that he still has a ways to go shot selection-wise? And just how often do you need to remind yourself, Gerson, that he's only 19? Like, he's still a teenager. You're right. Like, he reclassified, right? Like, he should be a freshman in college right now. Maybe he'd be playing on, who knows, maybe your, your Houston squad right now, right? Maybe playing Baylor in the Final Four this weekend, we, we, right? Like, do you have to we, we remind yourself of that? Baylor. Yeah, no, yeah. we – you know, when you look at, and I, I don't want you to get me fined, but when you look at some of the players in this draft and he's younger than them, it gives you some perspective in terms of where he's at. And he's a guy that played football. He's laid into basketball, like the coaching, the development, the structure part of it. Uh, it's coming. And fortunately, we did get him at a young age. Fortunately, we do have a strong system in place here. And he's the worker. And he's he make, he's going to make mistakes, but he learns from his mistakes and he's better because of it. So. That's what helped him stand apart for us as a guy that uh, unique talent, unique physical tools, but a passion and a desire to do something special, which we're really excited about. How impactful, how, how infectious is, is his personality? It's, uh, I mean, you hear the, the token comments of lighting up the room and the smile and all that, uh, but he's the equalizer. I mean, we have, you know, we've got older guys and Cat and D'Lo, and he's just the free spirit that loves to compete. He loves to hoop. He loves to be around his teammates. He loves to be on the gym. He loves to have a good time. And now, whenever it's not there, and it could be, hey, a back-to-back -back or four and five or whatever it is that we're going through, you know, I ping him all the time. And I said, where's the smile? And uh, he knows he's got to bring that. And he brings a joy and uh connection with his teammates that's pretty special all these guys love him I mean you see bees with him in the uh in the zoom session last night he's got a, a, a very charismatic personality that helps you realize that this is not about one game one year this is a, a you know something that we want to build here that's special with with guys and individuals that that really care about what's going on here how often was he asked about before the trade deadline was he what how often was he asked about before the trade deadline. I mean, I have to imagine no. teams said, hey, Gerson, not that you were going to move him, but I yeah. imagine a lot of GMs called you and said, hey, you know, what do you want for Ant? I mean, the only thing I'll tell you, Doogie, is any player that was out in the market we could have gotten with any of our young guys uh, at this trade deadline. And that's that's not the direction we're going in. We're excited about what this group is doing and what the future holds. And uh, they're, they're a big part of not only what we're doing now, but we're doing into the future. On McDaniel, so just in the last, what, week plus, guards Luca, guards Harden, guards <laughs> Randall, and, like, held his own, more than held his own, right? Like, the two-way potential for McDaniels is is super sky high. We talk about it with Coach all the time, and it's it's very unique for uh, a rookie uh, to, be, to have a defensive impact in the NBA, uh, let alone at multiple positions. Uh, but he's a talented individual with really good uh, IQ feel and physical tools like Doogie. There's 
we're putting him on one through five in certain situations and he holds his own. Like, you know, the, the Giannis of the world are just going to overpower him. But what he did to Luca, what he did to James, what he did to Kyrie, like he's, you know, he's not at the level where he's a stopper yet, but he's making those guys work. And that changes the whole identity of what we're trying to do. And his feel, his instincts, we're starting to see more of his offense come through, uh, his ability to shoot, his ability to get to the right spots, to cut off the ball. Those are very unique things. And our scouts deserve a ton of credit. Uh, he was a big priority for us during the draft. Uh, we did a lot of work on him and uh, our coaches that have continued to work hard with him and, uh, and credit to him for making it a reality. But it's a very unique uh, opportunity to be in for the organization, have a, you know, to have a young player at this stage doing what he's doing, uh, considering that he's nowhere where he's going to be physically. He's nowhere where he's going to be in terms of experience and feel. And that really excites you about his best days moving forward. So you got him at pick 28. Like if you guys had stayed at pick 17, was he under strong consideration at 17? Absolutely. I mean, there was there was two or three guys that we really liked at 17. Our scouts did an unbelievable job of evaluating uh, the draft board and knowing the different spots where he could have been. And, uh, you know, there were some interesting uh, opportunities as we traded down, as we made some picks. And uh, at the end of the day, our guys, in terms of their intel, uh, were, were incredibly effective. And, and we knew, you know, as, as the draft was playing out, that he was going to be the guy that was going to be available. We knew what was the range. And uh, fortunately, it came together, which is not always the case. But uh, we knew where his homes were at, and we were fortunate to be in position uh, to be creative in the draft, jump around a couple of spots, get guys that were at different market slots and end up with, with our targets coming out of that draft. I suppose he offers all sorts of flexibility moving forward where I get it. A lot of, a lot of the game right now anyway is positionless, but when you talk about he can guard one through five, like, Hey, if, if you can find the right power forward, great, but maybe he ends up playing some four moving <laughs> forward, right? Like just that sort of flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, he's a guy who we can pair in different ways at the four, at the three, uh, he can defend right now two through four and potentially one through even five in cer certain situations. What he did last night was really impressive against a big physical player. So he gives us ways to play that we haven't had here uh, this year. And it's a credit to him. And he's a two-way guy that offensively is going to make shots and make smart basketball plays. So uh, he, he really unlocks a lot of our talent. And uh, he deserves a ton of credit for that. How have you seen Cat adjust to the way that Ant wants to play and, and how Chris wants to use those two together? I mean, he's such an unselfish guy that only cares about winning. Uh, he wants the guys around him to be great because he knows that's going to give him a chance to be his best. But there's nobody that encourages more. There's nobody that believes in the guys more. Like he's constantly putting those guys in a situation where they feel comfortable being around him. And that's very rare in the NBA with superstars. And he deserves a lot of credit for that, but uh, I think the talent is appreciated. Uh, you know, going into the draft, that's one of the things. Just you know how uh, a rookie can can complement your top guy and your core and your system. He checked a lot of boxes for us there, and uh, the more time they spend together, the more time they play together, 
uh, the more success you can have together. There's a confidence and a connectivity that grows that's special. I mean, you saw what they did in the Phoenix game. Uh, you saw what they did last night. A lot of guys in Cat stage, you know, are, are not going to let the rookie do what, what he's going to do. And Cat's smart enough to know, hey, this guy can help me win. I'm going to do whatever I can to win. And that's, that's who he is. I'll hit you with a couple more. Jalen Noel. How much Gerson has he grown from last year to this year? It's been, you know, to his credit, he last year was a big development year for him. And it's, it's a credit to the program. It's a credit to the identity we're building here with the Timberwolves in terms of being a platform to develop young talent. And, you know, you don't always bat a thousand. There's guys that we wish were further ahead than where they're at now. But Jalen is an incredible example of a guy who made the most of his opportunities, whether it was in the G League, made the most of his opportunities this year. And there's always the case when there's injuries or there's guys out, you take advantage and you take the bull by the horns and you don't let go. And that's who he's become this year. Uh, but to be fair, Doogie, like he's also a guy that's it's, there's still more in there and the shooting is special. His feel is growing. We need him to improve defensively. Uh, Coach is challenging him in a good way, but we've got a strong core of young talent there that every day we're excited about getting to work uh, because there's talent there, you know, and whether it's a guy like, uh, Nas Reed and, and other guys that have shown flashes, whether it's, you know, Vanderbilt and J.O. and J.C. and those guys. We love the competition and it probably stacks guys up in different ways uh, when a guy like Ant, when a guy like Jaden has the success they're having. But that's good. You know, we want to have competition. We want to have guys fighting for opportunities. And that's basically what we're going through. Are there any other Washington Huskies that you can pluck in the near future? <laughs> well, you know, uh, Mike Hopkins and I go way back. We were actually on the uh, uh, USA Olympic team together. So he and I uh, have, have a strong relationship. Will Conroy, one of the assistants there, was a player of mine at, in, uh, in RGV with the Vipers. So there's a lot of confidence there. And we spent a lot of time with those guys the year we took Jalen and uh, last year with Jaden and those type of relationships go a long way uh, and they do a great job in that program. They have a lot of talent there. So it's always going to be a good place for us to look at. Actually, uh, Aaron Brooks was here on the floor with the Knicks yesterday and we we're talking about all the deep talent in Seattle. So, you know, you know how scouts work. We'll always be wherever the talent's at. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, Seattle, I mean, Jamal Crawford and Zach Levine and yeah, the list is, is endless on, on Chris. So, we talked a little bit about Finch, but like you go so far back with him. I mean, anything about the way he's conducted himself here as, as a first time NBA coach, anything surprised <laughs> you? I mean, the man is an offensive genius from my standpoint. I mean, his, his feel is ridiculous. Uh, and, and that just comes from experience. Like the guy's been a, a coach for 30 plus years. He's been a head coach around the world for 20 years. Uh, been in, in G League and the NBA. So he's been around these situations. He's been around special players. Uh, but it's tough, Doogie. And you asked earlier, but I don't think we're, we're nowhere near where we're going to be in the future. Uh, but I love his edge. I love how he's challenging our guys, but our guys know that he's committed to them. And they can take hard coaching, uh, which is what this young group needs. And that's where I think you're seeing the grit. You're seeing the competitiveness. You're seeing a team that never quits, even though we get down. Uh, but there's a big picture in mind in terms of their development and our identity and uh, his ability to carry that load without being able to really get to work at the level he would like to get to work to uh, has been 
challenging, but fun to watch because he's very passionate about this opportunity and the work that we're doing. What sort of year overseas is the pronunciation? Is it Leandro Balmero Balmaro? Leandro Balmaro. You can say it. Yeah. So how's, (laughs) how's he doing overseas this year? He's having a good year. He's on a very talented Barcelona team, and uh, we've been following him closely. Uh, he's another guy who's tough, competitive, two-way player, ball handler, defender, uh, with good size. You know, he's got those good Argentine uh, genes in him, where the guy just fights and competes and plays hard every game. But it's been um, it's been a fun year to watch our young guys here and watch him there, see his development, his growth. We're excited. You know, my job is to put as much talent as I can on this roster, and coach's job is to, is to bring them together as a team. So we're all working hand-in-hand hand to make that happen. Do you have any anxiety heading into June 22nd, now that we know June 22nd is is lottery night? Gerson, there are fans out there already, like, on edge. Like, they just – June 22nd, they and, – and we're months out, but, like, they can't <laughs> help themselves. Hey, Doogie, one thing I've learned, I've been in the league almost 20 years. Uh, You respect the game. You handle things the right way. You don't mess with it. And at the end of the day, uh, what's going to happen is going to happen. You can only control so much. But the trade we made is, you know, it comes with the pick. It's a cost of doing business. And whether we we move that pick this year or next year, we're in a position now with our young core and with our vets to move this program forward. And we're a lot better off than we were in the past. So to me, uh, that deal is done. At, at some point, we'll move that pick and we'll move forward. And whether that's this year or next year, but it's we've got too much work to do. We've got too much we're focused on and we'll continue to do everything we can to be the team that we want to be here sooner rather than later. Did you send a scout to Indianapolis or is scouting just so weird right now? No, we did. We did. We're fortunate. Uh, there was some safe platforms where we could uh, have our guys travel and uh, have our guys take a look at it. But we've been, whether it's regional guys, whether it's, you know, we've been fortunate we have some guys that are in the uh, profile of having gotten the vaccine earlier. Uh, They were available to scout through the year. So we've done our due diligence. Uh, It's good that we have a draft day in advance. So we'll be preparing accordingly uh, here uh, on the way to that date. But um, it's business as usual, as, as normal as we can make it in this unnormal world right now. Gerson, thank you. So did you say we have a lunch bet or dinner bet? So I've got Baylor, you've got Houston? Jeez, man, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Houston, so I'll, I'll take all the bets, man. I'll, I'll see what happens <laughs> Saturday night. But it's, it's been a great, Kelvin Sampson is a, is a close friend of mine. To see him do the work that he's done, that group has been so resilient. Uh, there's... There's a lot to look forward to Saturday, but Baylor's Baylor's a very strong team. So uh, it'll be a fun night. I mean, in hindsight, I mean, looking at why he got dismissed from Indiana, I mean, it's so laughable, right? Like, so I, innocuous when, when you think of everything, right? Like, so I, weird. I mean, he's he's such a talented individual and the realities of, of college to the NBA and having worked with him and know what what type of individual he is it's just you see a doogie more than i do but it's the craziness of all these levels of sports and uh it you know at the end of the day it, it you know you re- you realize what it is and he's here with another program in the final four having the high level success he's always had doing it his way uh which is greatly appreciated so i'm i'm cheering hard both as an alum and as a friend uh it'll be a fun weekend it's great to have march madness back uh, it's great to see these kids on the court competing, and it's fun for all of us. A little bit, a little bit more of normalcy for all of us.
Gerson, thank you so much. We'll certainly be in touch, okay? Be my best to you and all the family, man. Look forward to catching up soon. We will. Thank you, Gerson. All right, take care. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. I appreciate Gerson's transparency. Heck, I got a text message at like 3 o'clock on Thursday. Hey, you interested in talking to Gerson? I thought, yeah, we'll make it happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then I was told, hey, he'll do it like in 30 minutes, 40 minutes. So everything happened really fast. But I always enjoy my conversations with the Wolves boss. All right, we'll get back to basketball in just a second. But I caught up earlier today with Rashad Bateman, Gophers wide receiver. Has a chance to go, I mean, after that pro day performance, a 4-3-9-40. He was super impressive. Like, it's a really good wide receiver class. The kid from LSU is a top 10 pick. You've got the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. That likely goes, what, top 10, top 15. There's the other receiver from Alabama. So it might be hard for Rashad Bateman to go first round, but he'll be in that mix. Like, if he doesn't go late 20s, mid 20s, early 30s, he should go early in the second round, Friday of the NFL draft. Rashad Bateman is going to make some NFL team very, very happy. I caught up with Rashad earlier today. He is starting a new charitable initiative. So we talked about that, how important it is for him to give back, but we talked plenty of football as well. Here's my conversation from Friday morning with Rashad Bateman. Rashad, I imagine you've had a lot of cool weeks in your, what, 21 years on this planet, right? Like, I think about Outback Bowl week. I think about, you know, heck, your first week as a gopher, your first week after scoring your first touchdown as a gopher, any number of weeks, you know, during high school, before high school. But I have to imagine this particular week, knocking Pro Day out of the park and announcing your your charitable initiative with your dear friend Brax, that this week has to rank right up there. Am I right? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, this week was a big week, uh, you know, with Pro Day, uh, with uh, the stuff that uh, we're doing with Brax. Uh, you know, it definitely was an exciting week. It feel good to get Pro Day out the way. Uh, you know, I went out there, did what I needed to do. Uh, but also, you know, showing, um, just giving back to the kids, uh, such as Brax, and, you know, uh, being positive and helping out in any way positive. Take us through. So for those who aren't familiar with, with Brax, tell us about your connection with her and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, Bratz, uh, I met her through Gopher football. Uh, she came to us. Uh, she's been around the facility, around the players a lot. You know, a lot of the players were immediately attracted to her just because how strong uh, she is and uh, battling uh, through cancer uh, the way that she has. Um, I remember she, before we left and went to Tampa, she came uh, and spoke to the team. Uh, she had written out this long letter uh, just telling the team how much she loved us and wishing us the best of luck. And that game of Temple was played for uh, Bratz only. Um, we went out and we won that game for her. Uh, but, you know, um, back here, I got it up behind me. Uh, you know, uh, we're doing this. Uh, we connected, uh, me and Bratz did, and her family with my agents and stuff like that, uh, to figure out a way to raise um, money to, uh, to her fundraiser and, and her uh, campaign, you know. Uh, that, that way we can give back to the, the kids that need help. Uh, you know, it's important for Brad, you know, to help those kids out as well, uh, because they're going through the same thing that she went through. You know, and for me, you know, I've been blessed with this opportunity to give back. And, you know, uh, it's very important to me that these kids uh, have somebody there in their corner as well. When did you realize, Rashad, that giving back is so important, that it's way more about others than it is about you? Um, I just think it comes from like being, uh, especially for my mom, um, being from Tifton, Georgia, um, not a lot of people, you know, make it and are successful in such a way that uh, ho- hoping that I am soon going to be. 
uh, but you know, just, and also like giving back to my community as well and find ways to do that. But uh, it just gives kids hope because uh, I wish somebody was able to do that for me and like my friends back at home. So just being around Tiffany, you know, coming from Minneapolis, you know, seeing things, you know, learning about things, you know, uh, just growing in that area has been very important. As important as, as Brax is to you, like just what's, what's that bond like? Like I have to imagine, you know, like you uplift her, but she also uplifts you. Right. Um, I know Brax look up to me, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I look up to her way more than she looks, looks up to me. Um, I have not once been through anything that she's possible with doing, you know, no matter what that girl, she keeps a smile on her face and she's the most positive person that I've probably ever met in my life. Uh, you know, and just seeing her do that motivates me to stay in a positive way because uh, your life can change in a flash of seconds. Um, so just uh, watching her being who she is, you know, staying positive definitely encourages me to be the same way. And her cancer battle, it's, it's nearing a conclusion that, that her chemo wraps up here before what the month of May is over. So like the countdown is on days wise that, that her lengthy battle here, all the chemo that she's been through, it's almost over. Yes, she is. It's almost over. You know, she's continuing to go day by day, um, but she still got that big smile on her face. You know, when I see that big smile on her face, you know, it, that makes me want to smile, you know, and give back, you know, continue to do the things that we're doing. Did I see a video on, on your social media? Like she kicked your butt going up that rope. Did she beat you in push-ups? I mean, I don't know everything you guys did. She certainly right. looked more impressive on that balance beam than you did. Right, she kicked my butt in every single event that we had. Uh, I knew that she probably was. I knew that she was a beast in the, in the gymnastics arena. So, you know, um, I wasn't even surprised. I wasn't shocked at all. I highly recommend people to go to your social media, Twitter. I, I think I saw it on Twitter, but I'm sure it's all over. Yeah, to see the video that you and Brax put together from from earlier this week. So, so Rashad, if people want to donate, like, should they head to your social media and all the information's there? Like, where can people find information? Yeah, you can go to my social media, Twitter or Instagram, and you can also go to Brad's Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. She's on her Facebook, too. Uh, you know, the challenge is to do a 40-yard dash or a handstand and post it, or you can donate as well. Um, the link is there if you want to donate. So just go there. Um, and all the information's there for you. A handstand. I mean, that could be frightening for a lot of people. Like, I know if I personally tried to do a handstand right now, I would embarrass myself. Oh, yeah, and I definitely embarrass myself on camera with brass. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to less than one month from now, Rashad, calling Brax or texting her and saying, hey, I'm a, you name the team, I'm a Tennessee Titan, I'm a Green Bay Packer. Hey, you know, the next chapter in my journey is about to begin. How, how much are you looking forward to sharing that exciting news with her? I'm looking forward to sharing that. She'll definitely be one of the first persons that I talk to after. Uh, just because she's been here by my side through it all. Uh, you know, I know she's going to be proud of me. I'm going to be proud of her. Uh, and I know that we both just get to be a happy time. You know, the countdown begins for her and I. Uh, so we're going through this thing together. So I'm excited about that. I mean, is there a sense that you now have a lifelong friend, Rashad, that that five years from now, 10 years from now, I know lifetime is is a long time, but that you're always going to stay in touch with her? No matter how old I get, no matter how old Brad's gets, uh, I'll always be up for her, I'll always be in our corner. Uh, and I know she'll do the same for me. After pro day yesterday, is there just a big sigh of relief that, that you did nail it the way you did? Yeah, but, you know, I, I went in and focused locked in. You know, I knew what I was capable of. Uh, I just had to go out there and prove it, um, especially coming off the 2020 season that I did. Uh, everybody was just looking for 2019 Rashad. Uh, but, you know, I think I went out and proved that I'm a better receiver than I was in 2019. Um, so, you know, right now I just got to um, put my head down and keep grinding uh, and just see what happens from there. Anything about pro day surprise you? 
Uh, not really. Uh, I just it just it's kind of felt like a, a camp, a satellite camp that you go to in high school uh, with the scouts being there evaluating you. But um, uh, it was fun. I had fun. I, I was happy out there. I was, you know, I was playing football. I was competing uh, and then also watching Ben St. Juice and some more teammates that I've played with there uh, going through the same thing, you know, uh, having Gopher staff there, uh, some teammates. Uh, it was just it was just a good time. It was like a big family reunion. You talked about showing the, the 2019 Rashad. Do people forget, and we talked about this last time we did one of these, I don't know, six to eight weeks ago, you were down training in Arizona, and you talked about it then, but but expound on on just the battle you had with, with COVID and how, like, you played last year, but, like, you weren't all there physically, maybe even mentally, that, that now, many months later, you're finally back to maybe how you were feeling way back in 2019. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, 100% healthy now. Uh, you know, I've been in the weight room grinding, you know, finally got, got over the residue of COVID. Um, but a lot of people are looking at it as an excuse now. So I'm kind of like almost tired of talking about it. But uh, it did have an effect on me whatsoever because I do have asthma. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's all behind me now. Uh, it's only up from here. So you weighed in at, at 190. I mean, body fat wise, it's way down there. Like, is it safe to say like this is the best? physically you felt and you've looked and, and the numbers you've produced, I mean, the best ever. Oh, this is definitely the best I've ever felt. Uh, my sophomore year, I played between the 195 and 197 area of weight, but um, I, I didn't have the definition of the body type that I have right now. Um, I look bigger now than I did when I was 195, 197, um, but I'm 190. Um, so I'm going to continue to gain weight. Uh, usually I'll probably get up to like 195, you know, stay there because that's where I want to be. Um, but um, uh, I'm just going to keep running in the weight room and eating right, you know, take care of my body. So The way that coaches Sanford and Simon and certainly Fleck had his fingerprints on, on the offense that you guys ran in 2020 last year, do you think the way they used you and used you differently than the previous, you know, like I think about, you know, just to, if you want to make the comparison again, 2019, right? The way you were used in 2019, the way you were used in 2020, it was different. The way they used you in 2020 last year, does that help you or could it even hurt you? Uh, I'm not sure if it hurts me or help me. Uh, that's all up to the scouts to decide um, when I opted back in. That's the position that I was assigned to. Um, but at the end of the day, you, I played receiver. Um, but I did get a chance to showcase slot and outside and put some stuff on film. Um, but, you know, uh, those coaches and my teammates did a good job of getting me prepared for me in that situation and make me feel comfortable. Uh, and, and I was comfortable. Uh, you know, I just I just haven't played that at long. That was my first year or whatever. But um, I don't have a problem playing outside and inside. But I know I showcase both abilities. So what's your number one strength? Like, what's your number one selling point to teams when when you're doing these virtual interviews with teams? Is it is it your route running? Is it your hands? Like, what what do you think your number one selling point is? Um, I don't. I just think that I'm a complete receiver all around, um, and that's what I tell them. I feel like uh, there's not a a lot of complete receivers in this draft. Uh, a lot of people are good at one thing or two things, but uh, I have proven and put on film and also at pro day that I can play in the slot, I can play outside. You know, I am fast now that I put that out there. Um, you know, I can, I can run every route in the route tree. Uh, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the fastest guy, um, but I am an elite receiver. Uh, thanks to my coaches, you know, I prepare well for this moment. So uh, I just go with them. I'm a complete package. There's a lot of receiver lists out there. You know, just about every single one has the LSU kid number one, you know, one of the Alabama kids number two. You're somewhere further down, whether you're five, six, seven, but like, are you just like, hey, 
screw those lists. Like, I can't wait to prove myself. Like, I think about last year, Justin Jefferson, right, here with Minnesota. There were how many receivers that went ahead of him in the draft, yet who was the best once the season started? It was Justin Jefferson. Do you sort of have the same mindset? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, it's kind of in there, but like, you know, it, it happens all the time. You know, those guys get paid to rank, they get paid to talk about whatever they want to talk about. So I don't get too much caught up in those things, you know, and a prime example of that is DK Metcalf. And, you know, he's someone that I looked up to that. He was almost a third round draft pick. Now he's top three receiver in the league right now. Um, and everybody's, oh, I let him slip. And Justin Jefferson is another prime example of that. Uh, you know, Tyler Johnson is going to be another prime example of that. Um, you know, so I don't get too much caught up in that, that type of stuff. You know, my dream is to play football at the most competitive level, uh, no matter what round I'm taking in, no matter how much more money I'll make. Um, that's not what I'm playing for. I'm playing because I love the game of football, and that's always been the reason. We talked previously about your, your you know, connection to, to OBJ and, and, and that, you know, relationship forming. But, but with DK, when you brought him up earlier this week, that was the first time I had heard that bond. So tell us more about how, how you and DK have connected. Um, just him being out at so at the same time, training and working out uh, around the same time as to come by, guys. Uh, you know, we say what's up. You know, we have some conversation. Uh, he just give all the guys there some advice. You know, DK is a very humble guy. Uh, you know, and just, so just getting a chance to meet him and getting advice from him as well and just seeing how he's done in his career thus far. Uh, so, and I know he's just going to continue to excel um, just because he's hungry, just like everybody else. Um, he's been doubted all his career, especially, you know, being injured, uh, leave and go miss. But um, he just went out and proved everybody wrong, you know, and, and that's something that I just look forward to doing as well. I don't know why the speed questions were out there. I mean, really, like if anybody just watched the film of you, like those speed questions should not exist. But but you've acknowledged that those questions were out there. But are you happy now that that those questions seemingly have been put to bed after after what you did yesterday? I'm not, I'm not happy, mad or sad. I'm not, I don't have any emotions about it. I'm just I'm, I'm just proud that everybody knows that I'm fast now. So maybe they can hush about that. But now it's my body weight. Uh, so now it's like he, something wrong here, something wrong there. But, you know, um, that's always the case. So I'm just going to continue to grow and develop as a man and as a receiver. I'm just taking one day at a time like I always have. Are you grateful that there aren't any character questions, at least? I mean, if they want to nitpick weight or height or anything like that, but that you know that your character is A+. plus. Oh, I know that my character is A+, plus and it always will be. Um, you know, that comes from me being raised where I was from my mom um, and then coming up here to elite university, getting around elite people, um, coaching staff, players, you know, just being around this Minnesota community has definitely helped me with my character. Um, so that is never, that, that never a good question that I'm concerned about. I hit you with a couple more. So on, on your height, I mean, I suppose with your vertical, the height's not really a question, although some teams, I mean, I asked you, I think about this yesterday, but like, it was, it was interesting that GopherSports.com, the official, the official, you know, website ha had you as six, two, but as you said, I mean, you've never been six, two, but I imagine at your height, six feet and three eighths inches with your vertical, that height shouldn't be a concern. Uh, no, height shouldn't be concerned. I think that there's guys all across the league that has proven that. Um, that just like everybody's questioning Devontae Smith, he weighs 170 pounds. So what? He knows how to play football. He's, he won the Heisman as a receiver. Like, it's not it's not about his weight. Uh, dude, he's a good person, and dude, want to play football. Um, and there's plenty of guys in the league that have proven that So about with their size, so I'm not too concerned about that either. What sort of offense 
you don't need to name a team or anything like that, but is there a certain offense that you feel like will will, will best bring out your skill set? And I won't claim to be a great offensive football mind, but is there is there some sort of offense, West Coast offense, whatever it might be? Is there is there a specific offense that you feel like, hey, I can really thrive more so in that offense? I haven't got a chance to study every NFL team's offense. I'm not even sure what's all out there uh, yet, to, to be honest. Um, I have a few Zoom meetings with some teams, but um, I honestly have no idea. Um, a lot of NFL teams uh, run the same thing, you know, so I'm just excited to be a part of whatever organization takes me. In those interviews with teams, I mean, any really weird questions, just way out of whack questions, questions that you never saw uh, coming? Uh, no, not really. A lot of talk has just been like getting to know me as a player and then just talking football. I'll leave you with this, Rashad. Next year's Gophers team, like with all the guys back, like this should be the year. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities to expect them to win the Big Ten West, that this is the year to win the West to get to the Big Ten championship game. Do you think if if I place those expectations on on PJ and the guys this year, I mean, is 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 that too much or or is that realistic? Oh, it's not too much because, for one, the Gopher football team doesn't really care about what the outside people put on um, uh, our team. Uh, first and foremost, you know, we challenge ourselves to be the best we can be. So every single year we're striving for whatever goal that is that we have set. Um, and every year that is to be Big Ten champions, Big Ten West champions. Uh, you know, I got all confidence in this coaching staff and this team to go out and get the work done. Um, so obviously I'm a Gopher for life. I'll bet, I'll bet my whole check on them that they go out and win it. So, Did I see? Eric Curry or or some of the basketball guys, how close are you with those guys? Have have you had any correspondence? I mean, Eric's not going to be back, but with Ben Johnson now taking over, I don't know if if you and Ben crossed over at all. Ben might have been at Xavier when you got to campus. Oh, but, I haven't. Uh, I know but you're that. friends with some of the guys on the team, right? I, I don't know if you have a relationship with Enan or Booth Gotch no. or any of those guys, but you, you, I, I, you send some excitement with the basketball program? Uh, I don't really know too much about the basketball program to dig into it. So uh, I'm cool with some guys in my class, but we never talk about going into detail about those things. So, um, but, you know, uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, they got a new head coach, you know, it's like a, a new chapter for them. Um, so I'm just excited to see them myself as well. Did you almost go the basketball route out of high school? I did. Yes, I did. Like if you had gone that route, do you think about where you would be today? All the time. All the time. How good of a basketball player were you? Uh, I was okay. I was just really a sharp shooter and catch a few alley hoops. That's pretty much it. Did you have some Division One looks? Yeah, I went and played. I had offers from Virginia Tech and Penn State. So not only did you have Division One looks, Rashad, like you had, you had big time Division One looks, high major looks. I mean, just how how cool was that to have to have options like that? Great football options or basketball options. Uh, it was just a blessing. Uh, you know, I worked at my craft at basketball as well as football. Um, but, you know, it's just blessed to be uh, to be able to have those decisions to pick and choose from. But uh, football is my first love. So uh, I, I know I had to stick with that to follow my heart. I'll leave you with this. Just anything else you want to leave us with, Rashad, as, as we sign off here? I'm sure the next time we'll connect will probably be after the draft. I'm good as of right now. You know, I just want to thank everybody that supported me through this time. Um, I encourage everybody to go out and donate, you know, uh, reach out to uh, Bratch, you know, do the handstand challenge or the 40 yard dash, 40 yard dash challenge so we can uh, raise some money for these kids to have a better life. So, Well said, Rashad, and I'll make sure that people 
have the information when I when I post it. And, and certainly anybody listening to this right now, just check out Rashad's, you know, I know for sure it's on your Twitter page. Your, yes. your Twitter is, is omnipresent. Just go to Rashad Bateman's Twitter page and, and people can find all the information about how to donate. All the best to you and Brax. Thank you, Rashad. Thank you. Appreciate it. Brax, we are rooting you on. Just a sweet, sweet girl. We wish Rashad Bateman all the best. Heck, one month from now, you think about it, by May 2nd, Rashad will know where he'll spend the next handful of years. You know, hopefully, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten years, right? You know, signs a four-year deal, or if he's a first-round pick, a five-year deal, or the fifth-year option, then that team signs him to a nice, healthy, long-term extension. So hopefully Rashad Bateman stay somewhere for many, many years. He'll know where he'll start his NFL career in less than a month. All right, let's now get back to basketball. So EJ Stevens, Lafayette transfer guard. So I talked to him this morning. It was 11, 1130, somewhere in that ballpark. Specific time isn't super relevant. And we talked, and he sounded like somebody who was going to commit to the Gophers pretty quick. Well, it was just a few hours later. He did commit to the Gophers. I didn't think it was going to happen that quick. I thought maybe the weekend, maybe early next week. I didn't think it would literally be hours. So I touched base. I reached back out to Stevens, and I said, hey, can we just do a a quick conversation now that it's official, now that you're joining the Gophers? Can we do another quick Zoom? So let me start with that. So here is my second conversation today with new Gophers guard, E.J. Stevens. EJ, congratulations. Just take us through officially why the Minnesota Gophers. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was just Coach Johnson. Um, love the vision he has for the program. Um, I, I love where he's taking the program. Um, and I want to be a part of that. You know, I built a great relationship with him. Um, he, he trusts in me. He believes in me. And uh, that's valuable to me. So I, I want to go where I'm wanted. Um, I feel wanted in Minnesota. Um, I know I know the fans are going to go crazy, so I just can't wait to get up there, start working, and win some games. On the craziness of the fans, have you had a chance to check any of your mentions on social media? It seems like a few are already pumped up. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Um, it's great. You know, I, I love the energy. Um, I'm trying to like all of them, um, you know, but it, it's a lot. But um, I definitely feel the love. Uh, can't wait. Actually, I have family in Minnesota. Um, my uncle lives up there, so they're going to be able to come to the games. Um, so it's going to be great. You know, I, I really can't wait. Tell us more about that. So is that your is that your dad's brother, your mom's brother? And where here in Minnesota does he live? My mom's brother. Um, he say I actually don't know where he stays, but I know he's about 30 minutes away from the campus. Um, he's actually an alumni. He got his master's from University of Minnesota. So, you know, just another guy to come, uh, fill the barn up and um, watch us play. That's fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was like, you know, from two or three hours north of the Twin Cities. Not that you can't drive you know, hop in the car. But yeah, I mean, if he's right here in the Twin Cities, even that much better. Take me through the phone call. So was it just a couple hours ago you made the phone call to Ben and said, hey, I'm coming? Yeah, you know, I called Coach Johnson. Um, you know, he said, you know, appreciate you guys jumping on a Zoom call with me, uh, me and my parents. He said, you know, my job is now, you know, make sure you become a gopher. And I told him, I said, well, Coach, that's why I'm calling. <laughs> so that's why I'm calling. You know, I'm ready to be a gopher. Um, just, just can't wait to get up there. Anything you want to leave us with? I mean, we hit so many points earlier today, AJ, but anything you want to leave us with as, as it's now official? Man, I just, I just promise Minnesota's going to get everything they have out of me. You know, I'm going to work my tail off, um, do everything I can, um, along with my teammates, to make sure we can go ahead and get Minnesota back on the map, uh, make some noise in the Big Ten. 
you have any friends that play in the Big Ten? Like, what do you know about the Big Ten? Uh, very physical league, you know, um, very physical. Uh, probably the best league, in my opinion, in college basketball. Um, I know there's a guy at Illinois, Trent Frazier. I played against Trent growing up uh, through AAU ball. Um, I know a kid, uh, Mike Smith, actually, at Michigan. I played against him when he was at Columbia a couple times over here at Lafayette. Uh, so, you know, I know some guys in the Big Ten um, obviously had some success with a Patriot League, Ivy League kind of guy. Uh, you know, hopefully I'm next. EJ, congratulations. Have fun celebrating this weekend. When when can you get up here then officially? Like, have you talked to Ben? Have you gotten that far? Do you know when you can come up here and start working out? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it on the Zoom call um, around early June, I believe. Early June. Uh, and my, my graduation is May 30th. So right after graduation, I got to head right to Minnesota and get this thing, get this thing rolling. So what will you do between now and May 30th? So you'll just you'll wrap up classes there at Lafayette and just work out on your own? Yeah, just finish classes up, um, get ready to graduate, um, continue to work out, try to get better, get in the weight room, um, work out with some of my current assistants here, um, continue to get on the shooting gun, and just try to get my game refined. What's your degree in? Psychology, with a minor in religion. Jeez, holy yeah. cow. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the plan will be to utilize that degree, hopefully way down the road, right? That, that you'll have a good year here at Minnesota, and then hopefully that leads to playing some professional basketball. Yeah, that's the plan. I want to play as long as I can. Definitely play as long as I can while my body holds up. I don't know. <laughs> I got, don't got too many years, so I want to use those years wisely, um, get the most out of it. And then after that, who knows, with a great education, get a career somewhere else. EJ, thank you again. Congratulations. Enjoy the weekend. Celebrate. Maybe not too hard, but, but certainly <laughs> celebrate. And we'll see you here at some point this summer, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you very okay. much. All right, but now that I have the first audio, and we talked for 15 or 12, whatever it was, we talked much longer earlier in the day, like I dug deep or tried to dig deep, learn about him, his game, right? I mean, that that four minutes right there was was more about just, you know, him committing to the Gophers, his bond with Ben Johnson. My conversation from earlier today, we dug deeper. So I've got the audio. So here is my first conversation of the day with new Gophers guard. At the time, he had not officially committed, E.J. Stevens. E.J., I appreciate your time. Before we get to specific Minnesota interest, your recent Zoom with, with new coach Ben Johnson, just take us through why, why your name is in the portal, why this is the right time for you to be leaving Lafayette. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I'm very grateful for my time at Lafayette. Um, the coaches, all the people I met. But um, unfortunately, Lafayette doesn't have a grad program. So I wanted to, you know, with the extra year the NCAA is giving us, try to pursue a master's, work on my master's degree. Um, so unfortunately, I had to leave Lafayette because of that. You know, play at a higher level of basketball, um, you know, a little higher level than the Patriot League, um, some competition, um, you know, and just experience something different. Was there any consideration to, to going pro? I mean, making money somewhere, whether that was – the G League, somewhere overseas, did you consider that option? Uh, I thought about it a little bit. Um, some agents were in contact with me um, throughout the course of the year. Uh, I thought about it a little bit, but um, I wanted to, you know, use that last year of basketball as you know, but he's given us how to work on my master's. So that's a decision I made. Plus, is there a thought process that, that you playing somewhere on a bigger stage, whether that's a high major or, or you know, loyal to Chicago, like – I guess we define that as a mid-major, but to me, Loyola <laughs> Chicago 
what they've accomplished. I mean, that to me is, is also a high major, but I guess, quote unquote, you know, I guess it would be a mid major, but is there something to be said about just showcasing your skill set on a higher level and then, you know, pursuing a pro career thereafter? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that that would help for sure. Um, some of the agents, um, especially the markets haven't been as good because of COVID. Um, so maybe not getting as good as a contract as you would like. So they said going actually the extra year would probably help me, you know, whether it be playing at a higher level, um, playing at better numbers or and because the markets will be better over there. So take us through just what kind of player you are. If you had to write a scouting report about yourself, I mean, we can all go to YouTube. We can see the clips, but I'd be lying if I told you, EJ, I've watched a full Lafayette game. So, like, right. if I were to watch a full game, what sort of player would I see? I say you're going to see a, a two-way kind of three-level score kind of guard. Um, you know, I love to play defense. Uh, I, I value defense a lot. Um, I know it's kind of cliche, but I really do think defense wins championships. Um, so that's something I pride myself on. I think I can score at all three levels. Um, I think I can get downhill, get to the cup. Um, I love the mid-range game. Uh, a lot of people say it's a lost art. I love taking a mid-range shot. Um, still got a lot of work to do on my three-point shot, 32% this year, but um, I, I can knock it down. Um, so I'm still continuing to work on that, but definitely I can, I can knock down the three ball for sure. On the 32%, because I was actually just getting into some debates on on Twitter, there's a shock with, with Luke Lowe, who just committed to the Gophers. So mm-hmm. a lot of fans look at Luke. I don't know how familiar you are with Luke or not, but as a junior, he led his conference in three-point shooting, 44%, 43.9%. But his other three years, all three were below 30%. And I said, I need to do a deep dive. I don't know. I just I think if you lead your conference in, in three-point shooting for a full season, to me, you are an elite shooter. Yeah. But like I guess I don't know. Like, so how do you look at at your 32%? Like, was some of that shot selection? Did you take some shots at the end of shot clocks that that maybe you wouldn't have normally taken? Like, just how how do you analyze your three-point shooting percentage? Well, for me, I put it in two things. Uh, one, it took me a while to get used to the back-to-backs that the Patriot League was doing. So in those second days, I didn't have as much legs. Um, but I got used to it as the season progressed. And uh, two, I did my shot selection. You know, I took a lot of off-dribble threes, um, a couple contested threes. That definitely hindered my percentage, you know, not as efficient shots. But, um, you know, still, like I said, still need to improve on it, still need to get better at it for sure. What kind of defender are you? I mean, a lot of basketball now – at least on the offensive end, is is positionless. But to me, you are who you can guard. So what sort of defensive flexibility do you have? Uh, I think I can guard one through three. Um, you know, maybe four if I put on some weight. <laughs> um, who knows? But, um, you know, I think I can guard one through three. I need the perimeter positions, um, full court pressure. You know, I can get in guys, make it difficult, trip up the court. Um, so I think I'm pretty pretty switchable with that asset. Aspect. Take us through the Zoom. So it was you... And was it your family as well that, that Zoomed with the new Gophers coach, Ben Johnson, what, last night? Yes, both my parents last night. So how did it go? It was great. You know, Coach Johnson had a lot of great things to say um, about his vision for the program, um, where he wants to take them. Um, you know, it really it really piqued my interest a lot, what he has planned for that for that program. Um, you know, obviously the Gopher fans are crazy. <laughs> they love Minnesota basketball. Um, and that's, that's, that's something to, to think about, you know, that you have people rooting for you. Um, it went really well. He did offer me a scholarship. Um, so so that's something I'm definitely going to definitely think about for sure. I mean, do you have any sort of time frame? I mean, like who else has offered? I mean, you know, like could you commit as soon as this weekend or next week, whether it's Minnesota or somewhere else, or do you want to kind of let this thing play out for a bit? Uh, you know, I've, I've given it some thought. Um, I'm feeling like I don't really have a, a certain date or timetable. 
Um, but soon, you know, I'm feeling like I've been in a portal for a while. Um, I've seen the guys who have really shown interest, um, who really want me. Um, so I, I definitely think I'll be making a decision some point, at some point soon. I do have a couple offers from different schools. I know South Florida's offered me. It was Brian Gregory down there. Um, what else, Chicago? But I haven't talked to Porter Morgan yet. Um, I, I still don't know what the case is with him, if he's staying or leaving. So, um, so it's, it's definitely been definitely been cool, sure. Where would Moser go? So Marquette got filled by Shaka. Mm-hmm. DePaul hired what the the Oregon assistant. Yeah. I don't know. Is Porter's name has it come up for the Texas Tech job? I guess maybe his name could come up for the North Carolina job, but <laughs> maybe I don't know. I mean, with his Chicago ties, I. I would think he might stay there, but I suppose, I mean, their season didn't end all that long ago, so he might be pretty busy. If they offer, would that be pretty tempting, or or does Minnesota, the the pull of maybe playing in the Big Ten, could that potentially trump all? Yeah, you know, Loyola Chicago would definitely be enticing, you know, from a Final Four run a couple years ago, um, getting to the Sweet 16 this year, and they were ranked in the nation, so it's a top 25 program. Um, they, they really do have that winning culture. You know, he's done a great job over there. Little Chicago, um, Coach Valentine, the assistant. I have a good relationship with him. So, um, but you know, Minnesota's the Big Ten, best conference in basketball. So you're going to play against a ranked opponent almost every other night, packed arenas. So it's definitely pros to both. Um, that's the, that's the hard part, making the decision. What was the vision that Ben tried to sell you on? You know, come in, create that culture. You know, he he he's really because this is I'm a model. He has a lot of pride. He wants to come in, build that culture, you know, winning culture, bring Minnesota back, Minnesota basketball back on the map, um, be prominent in the Big Ten. He said it starts with his personnel, you know. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people left the portal after Patino left. But um, he said he's not, he's not complaining about it, you know. He wants guys that want to be there and, and want to win, want to compete. And I think we have the, the same mindset in that aspect. Um, being, I want to win, you know. Come in, whatever it takes, defensively, offensively, just work every day and come in and win. Guys have left, but guys have committed. I mean, just this week, Jamison Battle from George Washington. Luke Lowe committed today from from William and Mary. I mean, do you and Luke play? Again, I, I guess, you know, I'm contradicting myself when I say a lot of basketball is positionless, but the two of you, I mean, just height-wise and I don't know. I mean, do you think you and Luke, I, I guess what I'm getting at, EJ, is do you feel like you and Luke could coexist? Yeah, you know, I looked at his highlights today. Um, I had never um, really seen him play over at William & Mary. So I looked at his highlights with him up. You know, we're about the same size, but he can shoot it. Um, pretty pretty shifty with the ball, good change of pace. You know, like you, know, like you said, basketball is positionless. You're going to need multiple ball handlers on the court um, at one point in time. So I, I do think, you know, I could play with him. Um, you know, I played with probably, I think, the best shooter in college basketball, Justin Chaworski, this year at Lafayette. So, you know, I'm, I think we can – I really think we could feed off each other. He could help me. I could help him. And last time I checked, I mean, there's many minutes to be had. I mean, so the Gophers right. end up losing guards, Marcus Carr, Jamal Mashburn Jr., Trey Williams. So Luke comes in, but, like, there's still this, this you know, wide opening for, for multiple guards to come in. You know, two slash threes even, too. I mean, even with Isaiah Enenbeck and Booth Gotch, I mean, those guys have position flexibility. You know, depending mm-hmm. on matchups, they can guard four. So, like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I could see a scenario where, you know, you're on the floor, you know, maybe Luke's guarding the, the opposition two, you're guarding the opposition three, Booth Gotch could be guarding the opposition four. Am I nuts in, in maybe suggesting something like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think that was something I'd be very realistic if I if I did choose to come to Minnesota. 
Um, you know, like I said, positionless. You know, have multiple guys that can guard, multiple guys that can make plays, and that's something Coach Johnson really emphasized. He wants everybody, one through five, to be able to make a play offensively. Um, and that starts with the personnel, like he said. So I, I definitely can see that happening. If you do end up committing wherever in, in the coming days, like what do you know about these campuses? Like presumably you're not going to visit here. Right. You know, I mean, you can do a virtual tour, I guess, but like that's not the same thing as, as being physically on campus. Like what's the thought process behind that where, where wherever you end up committing, in all likelihood, you, you won't have stepped foot on that campus. Right. It's different. It's definitely different not being able to visit. Um, the closest we have is what we're doing right now, a Zoom call. <laughs> so, um, but you know, just seeing the, the facilities um, online, um, the campus, that's about the best we're going to get. Now, I think the most important thing for me because of that is relationships. You know, you want to be somewhere with people you want to be around. Um, and I think that's a, a big thing for me. And as far as Coach Johnson goes, great guy. You know, I really feel like we have a good relationship. And um, I think that would definitely help. And I can verify, Greg, I, I've known Ben for, for a long time. But how hard is it when you're talking to coaches, trying to figure out, okay, is this guy just feeding me a bunch of crap or is he being genuine? Yeah, you know, obviously they're doing their job, you know, trying to get you to come to the school to play. But um, you, you can tell when someone's being genuine. And, um, just the way Coach Johnson presented himself, the way he was talking, you know, he, he appeared very transparent to me. Um, and just laid it out there, you know, what he saw in me, how I can help the team. Um, other coaches have done the same thing. So that's big for me, transparency, um, just being honest. So that's that's something I do appreciate. How important is is the staff? Like right now, now this may change really fast, but right now Ben Johnson technically doesn't have a staff. So so we don't know who the assistant coaches are. Does does that have any sort of impact? Uh, I would say I wouldn't say so. Um just because of the relationship I built with him, I know he's going to have a great staff, you know, um, I, I trust him. Um, I know guys will want to work for him. Uh, a lot of energy um, wants to put the program back on the map. So that doesn't really, that won't really influence my decision. Do you have any more future Zooms with, with coaches where you have the offers you do now, but maybe somebody else offers, you know, whether it's later today or tomorrow or, or in the coming days? Um, I don't have a set date for any Zooms coming up. Um, I know we've talked about it with some different schools. Um, but you know, if a school comes up later and they offer, then you know they offer. But at the same time, you know, I want to go somewhere I want it. You know, uh, not just because they offer me because they saw someone else offer me. If that makes sense, it does. Anything you want to leave us with, EJ? I mean, the vibe I get. You can call me nuts. Trust me, my wife does all the time. Right? My kids call me nuts all the time. But <laughs> the vibe I get is, it's going to be hard for you to tell Minnesota no. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, like I said, Big Ten basketball, um, beautiful, beautiful campus, beautiful facilities, um, new coach, a lot of energy, um, who I relate to as, as far as his vision. And it, it's hard, great fans, you know, they're going to be there every night in the barn. So it, it's hard to say no to something like that. It definitely is hard to say no. Anything you want to leave us with? Anything else we should know as, as we tell your story? No, no, that's it for me. I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, I suppose the love, we talked about it before I hit record, your love for Michael Jordan, the poster behind you. Right. Yeah. You know, my dad grew up a, a Michael Jordan fan, UNC fan. So I guess he, all, all my siblings, all of our middle name is Jordan. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, so that, that's where EJ comes from. But yeah, the, the LeBron, Mike debate, uh, LeBron's great, no doubt about it, but I got to go with Jordan 10 times out of 10.
Yeah, I mean, I'm 41 years old, so I relate a little bit more to, to MJ, although LeBron is brilliant. Like, if, yeah. if you want to go with the cliche, you know, Mount Rushmore of all-time basketball players, I'd have LeBron among my four. But yeah. but MJ, okay. to me, is, is the greatest player. And again, I admit my bias, you know, my fandom was, you know, late 80s into the 90s, and then I transitioned okay. to, to doing this. So, you know, I try to be as objective as possible, right? Like, yeah. my fandom... My fandom has has gone out the window, so I admit my bias that that when I was a fan, it was MJ. Like LeBron wasn't a thing way yeah, back then. So, exactly. but yeah, MJ as as good as it gets. EJ, I hope to do this again. Like if if I see you on your social media here or, or here otherwise that that you're on board, I'll I'll, I'll obviously uh, reconnect with you. But wishing you all the best. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Really humble young man, a really nice young man. I mean, just doing a Zoom conversation, at least you can see, you know, somebody's face, get to know them at least through the computer screen. He just came across as a really, really likable young man. He'll be on campus for for workouts with his new Gophers teammates and coaches come early June. All right, one more basketball conversation, then we'll get back to football. Robert Jones was a really good player at Prior Lake High School. One of his high school teammates was Dawson Garcia, McDonald's All-American, who just had a really good first year at Marquette. Marquette has a new coach, Shaka Smart. Will Dawson stay at Marquette, or will he eventually enter the transfer portal? That will be interesting. Robert Jones entered the transfer portal. He had a nice run at the University of Denver, but he has a chance to jump up. He committed this week to Iowa State, so he moves on to the Big 12. I caught up with Robert Jones earlier today about his decision to be a cyclone. Robert, thank you for doing this. Just take us through why Iowa State. Well, I got on the Zoom call with them um, uh, <clears throat> uh, here this week. Um, listened to what they had to say. Um, listened to what the coaches uh, had their vision for me, uh, the vision for the team, the vision for the program, and. The, the thing that stuck with me the most was the enthusiasm the coaches had for the program and the team that they were putting together. Um, it was just inspiring to hear um, from all different angles, different coaches from all different places that came together with, with the sort of unity that they have right now um, was super inspiring to me. How cool will it be to play in the Big 12? It will be a step up. And one can make a case, at least coming off this current season, but the Big 12, now some people will say the Big 10, although if you look at, at how the, the tournament played out, maybe not so much. But if you look at the regular season, some might argue the Big 10, some might argue another conference, but many would argue the Big 12, best conference in the country. So how much are you looking forward to playing in the Big 12? Oh, so much. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's what you dream of when you're a kid, right? Like playing at the Division One level as high as Iowa State plays. I mean – uh, it's exciting for sure, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely ready and able and capable to be a part of it. What's the excitement level of, okay, new coach? So it's, it's a fresh start for everyone. So it's not like you're coming in behind others. Like all you guys are starting from the same you know, point. I'm definitely excited about that because it's not like I'm coming into to a built program. I'm kind of coming into uh, new, new coaching staff. Um, new players, new teammates, and everybody's new. So, so I'm not going to be alone there. Uh, but at the same time, it's nerve-wracking because it is new. New things can be nerve, um, can make people nervous. And um, 
it's definitely it, it definitely gives me a little bit of nerves, but it overall it's just excitement, just uh ready to get started. How much has your game evolved? So from when we last saw you at, at Prior Lake High School, certainly we can see clips on YouTube, but I don't think a lot of us are, are watching, you know, a bunch of like full Denver games. So over the last couple of years, how have you put yourself in a position to be able to vault up to, to the level of Iowa State? Oh, for sure. Um, well, to, to get started, I feel like I, 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 in the conference that Denver plays in, I feel like I dominated um, every big that I played, um, whether it be on the defensive end or the offensive end or both, depending on the night. Uh, I feel like I have my way with, with them. Um, that being said, out of season, we played some pretty big schools. Like last year, we played UCLA, Utah State. This year, we played Wyoming, um, that sort of thing. Uh, and when I played against these schools, like I'm still, I'm still averaging my, my, my normal 12 points a game, six rebounds. And I'm like, well, it, it's time for me to take my talents to the next, to the next level, get behind some, some good guards and a great coaching staff. Um, I feel like the best development of my game is my patience. Um, from high school to now, the game has really slowed down and NCAA is just a faster game than high school. Um, but over the, over the last two years, the game has slowed down for me and I'm able to make great reads offensively and defensively. Was it a roller coaster these last handful of days, just being in the portal and, and hearing from a diff bunch of different coaches and just awaiting what offers would be coming in? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you'll hear from coaches from all over. Like you just get like uh, the D2 coaches near your area where it's like um, who reach out and just like just to throw, throw a rock in the pond type thing. But you also get your, your schools like Virginia Tech that reach out and might not show a whole lot of interest, but they're like, hey, like we could see you as part of our program. Um, but, well, yeah, it's definitely been chaotic for sure. Um, and I would say even more so chaotic than high school recruiting just because it happens in the course of a spring as opposed to the course of uh, your four years. So what's the plan for the, for the next handful of weeks and months? Do you have to wrap up school in Denver or can you get to Ames pretty quick here to, to start working out? Um, with the NCAA rules, I'm not technically allowed to be on campus um, until after June just because of dead periods. Um, so June 12th uh, is the date I was told as of right now that I can uh, come on campus, live on campus and work out with the team. Um, but being so close to home from Minnesota, uh, it'll be pretty easy to go down to Iowa State anytime that I'm home, just to honestly just drive away, uh, just check out the campus without seeing the coaches. Um, so yeah, next, next few weeks, uh, definitely got to finish our school here strong. Um, and I got to find a way to get in the gym since uh, I no longer have uh, practice here at Denver. So your new coach, TJ, like how, how do you envision him using you both on the offensive end and the defensive end? What you know about his offensive philosophies, the offense he runs, you know, the defensive schemes that he likes to coach and, and implement, like how, how do you see you fitting into, to, you know, what he wants to run on offense and defense? For sure, for sure. Uh, from what I understand, his um, his style of play is defensive oriented. He likes to get into gaps uh, and play in transition. And the only way to do that is to get stops on D. Uh, so I feel like that's that's why he recruited me the most is because I'm a big that runs the I'm down. Like I'm always the first big down on defense and the first big down on offense just because of uh, you get easy stops and easy buckets that way. Um, I feel like that sort of fit is what he's looking for. Somebody who could really uh, run around the court and get some stops on D and then get out and transition on offense after being as tired as you can be as a, 
playing defense in the post and on the perimeter. Are you a better offensive player or defensive player? Uh, that's a good question. I'd say I pride myself on defense more. That would be my answer. So your offensive game is evolving? Like, where do you need to improve on the offensive end? You know, like if you're thinking a couple years down the road, wanting to play professional basketball, where does your, where does your offensive game need to evolve to get to that level? Um, in order to play professional basketball, I feel like uh, the most important step for me is expanding my range. But I feel like that's something that most bigs say. So my the, the key focus for me coming into Iowa State next year is to, to get a package of moves down uh, where I have my go-to moves and then uh, a plethora of counter moves out of that go-to. So whether that be in the post, off the dribble, um, or on the perimeter, uh, I just got to have things that I can go right to and get like easy scores off of um, without thinking about it. How cool was it to follow your your buddy, your former teammate, Dawson Garcia's happenings in, in his year at Marquette? It was awesome to see the success that teammates had. I mean, it was, it was, Dawson was successful at, uh, it was very successful as a freshman at Marquette and my other teammate Tyree and Nacho was had just the same, if not more success at uh, North Dakota this year. So uh, both of my teammates had, Great success, and it was phenomenal to follow them, especially having uh, Tyree in my league. I mean, you talk about that threesome. Like, do you think about, you know, what could have been that, that you guys certainly made a nice run, but, like, do you have any regrets about maybe not hoisting a, a state championship title? Absolutely. Every day I think about how, how how our team, how good our high school team was. I mean, we have we have two Division two players and three Division one players all, all in the starting lineup. And then another six nine player that come that came off the bench. That team should have won state, uh, hands down. Yeah, I mean, I think about it. I mean, over the last decade plus of of the good teams. I mean, there's a lot of good teams that just don't win the state championship. I do put your your senior year that team from prior. Like I I put that team somewhere near the top of the list. I appreciate that, Robert. Thank you. Anything else you want to leave us with as as we tell your story of making the transition to Iowa State? I'm just excited to to meet all the fans and uh, go out there and give it my all every day. Robert, thank you. Safe travels as, as you wrap things up and, and eventually transition to Ames, okay? Thank you, sir. The debate will live on for a while. Best conference in the country right now. Is it Jones's Big 12? Is it Stevens's Big 10? Heck, is it the Pac-12 after the run they just had? In the NCAA tournament, would somebody argue the SEC? I don't think you can argue the ACC, but that debate will live on. All right, let's wrap up Scoop Podcast episode 343 with my conversation from a couple days ago, actually Thursday afternoon, with Chris Garrett. So Chris is from Concordia St. Paul, Rush N. He just he devours quarterbacks. But like for a lot of guys in his position, D2 you know, or FCS or D3, he didn't have a football season in the fall. So like the last time he played in a real game, not a postseason all-star game like the Hulu Bowl, but a real game was 2019. But heck, one of the games in 2019, he had five sacks. He forced a couple fumbles. He had like 11 tackles. That was just one game. NFL scouts have been coming to Concordia St. Paul practices for a while. Like 2019 season, like every team had a scout come through town, or a lot of teams did. So they know all about Chris Garrett. Chris had a chance to do the Gophers Pro Day on Thursday. It'll be tough for him to get drafted, 
with his tape being so old. But I think he has a really good chance to sign as an undrafted free agent right after the draft. And, you know, maybe minimum land on some team's practice squad. Like Chris Garrett coming out of high school, like the Wisconsin Badgers wanted him. He's a Milwaukee kid. He had some academic hurdles to overcome. That's how he ended up at Concordia St. Paul. Wasn't able to play in the Big Ten. But like coming out of high school, he was a Big Ten player. You know, then he ends up at Concordia St. Paul, just dominates. And he's got one heck of a of a life story. We didn't dive too deep into into his full life story. I did a TV story for, for Channel 5 a couple years ago on just his background and his brother. He's got a brother that plays for Concordia St. Paul and just the tough upbringing they had. Chris recently got married, so he's ready to transition. He's ready to move on to a professional career. You know, life is is coming at him really fast, but he's really happy. So anyway, he was at Gophers Pro Day. 31 teams had scouts at Gophers Pro Day on Thursday, so they had a chance to watch Chris Garrett. So I caught up with Chris after his Pro Day performance. Here is my conversation from Thursday with Concordia St. Paul NFL draft prospect Chris Garrett. Chris, good to see you. Just take us through how today's Pro Day went. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Um... It was it was different, a little out of my element, but it was fun. It was fun. They they tested, you know, the forty Eldro shuttle things like that, and uh, my numbers weren't as good as I thought they were going to be. But when it got down to football stuff, I was moving, and I I think I impressed open a couple of eyes. I mean, when you say it was it was not your <laughs> element, expound on that. What what exactly do you mean it wasn't your element? You know, I'm just coming from a small school. I'm used to not many fans, not you know things like that, but it was just, we're, we're right in the middle the, and you got scouts on both sides and you just got to take a deep breath and realize where you're at. And, you know, life is good. I mean, did that play a part in, in the numbers not being exactly what you wanted? I mean, you're right. I mean, 31 teams were there. There were 50, 50 different scouts there. I mean, Mm -hmm. heck the Packers general manager was there. The Titans general manager was there. I mean, there were a lot of heavy hitters there. Yeah. I mean, do you think that played a part in, in maybe you not reaching your numbers, just kind of the mental grind of that? Yeah, I think I think I just had to take a deep breath and realize, like, I'm going to get a shot regardless. And instead of, like, putting all the pressure, like, this is the moment, this is the moment when, in reality, I'm going to get a shot no matter how this shape up. But, um, yeah, that, that probably had a bigger role than it should have on me today, so. On you getting a shot, is it just most about finding the, the right opportunity that whether you hear your name called, you know, round, mm-hmm. who knows, right. six or seven, or you're an undrafted free agent, that it's that it's most about, hey, I need to go to the the right fit, the, the right defense right. that can really showcase my talent? Yeah, it really is because, you know, wherever I get drafted or not, no matter what, I'm going to be fighting for a spot. And – you know, it's a lot that goes into that. Like, how deep is they? How deep are they on the edge? Um, you know, what are the coaches good at developing guys at the team that I'm looking to go to? Um, it's a lot that goes into it. So, but regardless, I'm gonna get my shot, and I gotta be willing to fight and continue to work hard, like I always do. What sort of position flexibility do you have, Chris? What What is your selling point to teams? I mean, do you feel like you mm-hmm. can be an end in a four three and and you can also maybe play in a three, four as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of what I did today. Today I worked with, um, I did some linebacker stuff and 
I looked good. I caught a few balls. The hands was better than I thought. And then um, also I uh, did some D-line stuff and I moved pretty good, you know. And, but pass rushing, that's, that's, what I, that's what I do. So, yeah, I'm flexible, though. I mean, how much rust is there? So you were at the one of the postseason bowls. Was it the Hulu Bowl? Bowl? Yeah. One of the bowls you were supposed to go to, that that got canceled. Yeah. And then just the roller coaster of the last year. Like, when is the last time you played in a legitimate game? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. 2019 was the last time. And then I played in the Hula Bowl. And that was that was fun. Just really just putting on the pads for the first time in a long time was incredible. And then even this been getting trained and um them taking us through a couple of drills with a couple other guys. That was, that was fun. Like I had a good time. I love football. So whatever it is, um, football wise, I'm, I'm all for it. So yeah, it was, it's probably a little rust, but I, I think football is football is fun. How have you been able to navigate the roller coaster of mm-hmm. the last year? I mean, I would think just from an NFL standpoint, a guy in your position from a, from a smaller school, is is more impacted than you know somebody at say you know an Alabama or or a Power mm-hmm. Five school. Yeah, just it's so much uncertainty, and that's just been the thing that, um, that's just the COVID era kind of just so so much uncertainty. So every day you it just got to go one one day at a time because if you if you look too far in the future, you end up you're gonna be wrong. You're not. It's not gonna be the way you plan it. So every day is just one day at a time. Um, just getting calls, my agent, making sure my agent is on point and things like that. So just one day at a time and just take it one day at a time. <laughs> on your agent, did I see that you have the same agent as, as Billy Turner and, and he represents a few other yep. guys as well? Absolutely. Yep. So, I mean, he's got, he's got connections. Is, mm-hmm. is he been busy on the phone? Have some teams reached out to, to gauge his interest in, in learning about you? Yeah, a lot of teams have reached out and stated how interested they are in me. They saw my numbers and my production, and um, they know that I'm I'm a guy. I'm a scrapper. I'm I'm relentless, and I'm a fly to the ball, and I'm willing to learn and I adapt. So teams know they want it. Um, so he's yeah, he's been busy. He's been working and putting my name out there a little bit more. So have you had a chance to do any of these Zoom type interviews with teams yet? Not yet. That's it's it's going to start coming after this. Now they got some of my numbers and they saw me firsthand a little bit more. That's going to be start. That's going to start to come out. Is there any talk about somebody had told me that that maybe you know some of the folks over there at Concordia were were going to try to organize a pro day maybe as soon as like next Tuesday? Is is that something yeah. that's still in the works? Absolutely, especially with my numbers not being as good as I know they can be today. Um, that is absolutely in the works. We're just trying to see um, what scouts are available and that can make it that day just to get a couple more times. And yeah, hey, that'd be that'd be amazing. On the roller coaster of the last year, just everything you've overcome, Chris, in, in your life. And, and, you know, I've told the story, a few others, your story is now out there. Mm-hmm. Do you just look at the last year and just say it's a blip? Like thinking about all you overcame as, as a youth in, in the Milwaukee area, you know, just everything, just to get to the point you're at now that the last year, you know, just, hey, you can deal with it because you've dealt with so much more. Absolutely. And, you know, I say that all the time, like, this this is hard, but I, I went, I've been through this or that before, and this is, this is nothing compared to what I've been through in the past. So just it, 
I feel like I have an advantage. A lot of people say I'm at a disadvantage, but a lot of, I feel like I have an advantage just being through some of those tough times and been very low and been having to pick myself up and use my faith to, to get to the point where I'm at now. I feel like I have an advantage in, in terms of my perspective on things. Why is the NFL the right choice now? Because if you wanted to, you could play college football. Yeah. You could stay there. You could transfer up. I mean, playing college football was an option. So why is the NFL the right choice right now? Yeah, it right now is just, like I said, with all the uncertainty, not playing for so long, and then knowing where I'm at in my game, I feel like the NFL is to be with NFL coaching staff and NFL facilities where you get NFL type rehab and uh, post that, all that stuff, just all those benefits of being on NFL team would be huge to develop in my game. Uh, so I thought it wasn't a no brainer, but it was take a lot of prayer and things like that. It just, it, um, God made it really clear and I'm, I'm glad with the decision I made. Are you one that has a chip on your shoulder? I mean, if you, if you Google, you know, best or, or top, you know, pass rushers in this draft, there's a lot of names. Your name's not on those lists. Do you feel right. like you have a lot to prove and, and you are one that, that plays with a chip on your shoulder? Absolutely. Just, just, I know, I know what I'm capable of. And, and sometimes in, in some cases I don't, but like, I feel like I can do even more than I think. And I've constantly proven that to myself and um, just knowing obviously where I've been and seeing the opportunity that I've, I've been given by God. Um, it's this, just this whole draft process and seeing guys above me go through it, um, it's, it's, it's definitely huge. And I would say that I have a chip on my shoulder because I know that I'm capable of bigger things. And in the future, the future going to prove that for sure. How much is your dream of playing in the National Football League? How much does it now feel just closer to reality after you went through pro day today? I mean, Chris, you think about it like one month from now. I mean, today is April 1st. Yeah. Like May 1st is the Saturday of NFL draft weekend. Like one month from now, yeah. there's a good chance that like you'll know what camp you're going to. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like since I've been about 11 years old talking with my brothers about like, hey, we got – I think we got a chance not even knowing what it meant. Like I think we got a chance to go to the league, to go to the NFL and realizing like, I'm in that position now to, to make this dream come true. It's really, it's really incredible. And I can't even put it to words how, how wonderful this, this opportunity is and how just this whole process has just been huge. And I'm, I know I'm so blessed. What's your message to teams if, if they end up clicking, if they Google your name and, and they stumble upon <clears throat> this interview, because I'll put this whole interview mm -hmm. eventually on, on the website, like to me, like, would it be just watch the 2019 film, like just plop it in and, and watch me dominate that. Okay. Maybe today the, the, the numbers weren't yeah. what you expected, but last time I checked, uh, you're not playing football in, in spandex shorts. Right. Right. Like uh, go watch the film. Like that to me would be it, Chris, like just tell teams plop in that 2019 video. Like, didn't you have a game where you had, just one game, you had five sacks, you had yeah. double-digit tackles, you forced a fumble or two. That was just one game? Exactly. Like, is, was, would that be your message to teams, just go watch the video? Yeah, my message would be, like, 
I'm I'm a guy that if you get, he's he's gonna work his butt off and he's gonna be relentless. There's not gonna be many guys that's playing harder than I am, playing with more of a chip than I am, and just wanting to grow overall as a person and as a player on the field. Um, you go, you're just going to get a leader and somebody who's going to get better year in and year out, without a doubt. So that's 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 my biggest message is I'm, I'm a relentless and I'm going to get it done. What do the next few weeks look like? Will you stay here in town or will you head back to Milwaukee to continue training? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Milwaukee, um, continue training. It's going to be, um, thankfully, I'm done with like the – you know, just getting numbers and stuff like that. And I can really hone in a little bit more on some of these uh, pass rushing skills and dropping a little bit more. So here come, this is the fun stuff actually. So that's that's what I'm gonna be up to the next couple of weeks. So it was you and a bunch of guys there today. Anybody anybody jump out to you? Did you have a chance to watch any of the other guys perform? Yeah, um, you know, the Mankato guy, um, uh, Shane, I forget his last name. Oh, Shane. Zilstra. Yeah, so his yeah. brother Brandon plays for the Carolina Panthers. Used to play right. for the Vikings. Yeah, Shane was a good receiver at right. Mankato. Yeah, yeah, he was he was doing pretty good. I I liked how he looked. He brought um, his mentality when he stepped out on the field was phenomenal. I think, and then also you know the um, the uh, receiver from uh, Minnesota. Obviously, he st- stood out. Just the speed and uh, the route running ability of him really stood out to me too. Yeah, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, he ran. Yeah, yeah, he ran like a four three nine or a four four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, there are so many right. good wide receivers. I don't know if he'll be a first round pick, but if he doesn't go in the first round, he'll yeah. go in the second round. He's he's really really good. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, was it just cool overall just to just to be among you know all those guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. I definitely I still felt like I I belong, but it was nice to see those guys sitting in the same position that I'm in. We all working towards the same goal. We all got the same uh, end goal in mind. So it was nice to all be on the same level for for once. I leave it at this, Chris. Just any any parting words, any final words as as we tell your your NFL journey story. Hey, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to work, and and a lot of a lot of teams can miss out if you you don't take a chance. So. I'm, I'm gonna put the put the work in. I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to develop my game. So, I love it, Chris. Good to see you. Tell Coach thank you for for helping yeah. organize this and Josh Deer, and and I'll certainly stay in touch. I'll I'll be curious okay. to see where you end up landing. Yeah, thank you. I'll be tracking Chris's happenings for a long, long time. I just I really like that young man. Just everything he's overcome in his life. A plus guy. Like a lot of people, there's no way they're in they're in his position with everything he's dealt with going back to when he was very young, like early childhood. So I wish Chris nothing but the best. AJ is a rock star. AJ is at the station tonight. He's at Score North tonight. He is piecing all of this together. I owe him something. I don't think he wants a big hug or a big kiss from me anytime soon, but I definitely owe him something. So tip of the hat to producer AJ. AJ, you have a wonderful weekend. Everybody else listening? Have a wonderful weekend. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 343. Stay safe. Stay sane.